podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Wednesday on which we are expecting a big announcement from the club. Alexis McAllister has undergone his medical, everything is agreed, and we are set to make the Argentine midfielder the first signing of what promises to be quite a busy summer for Liverpool. McAllister is 24, he'll turn 25 in December. So it's worth remembering he is two months younger than Trent. He is only scratching the surface of what he can become as a player. And he's already got great high-level experience. While some might dismiss it, the Argentine league is a very, very high standard. And he was outstanding in that league for Argentinos juniors before his move to Brighton. Then when he went back on loan, and then he went to Boca Juniors on loan and played an important role in helping them clinch the league title. He's had three and a half seasons at Brighton. He's played 112 games for them, scored 20 goals. Now, a lot of them are penalties, but we'll take it. Last season, he scored 12 goals in all competitions. 10 in the league. Take out the penalties, that's four in the league. Our entire midfield group scored, I believe, four in the league. Ox scored, but he scored while playing as a forward player. Carvalho got two, but he got them playing as a forward player. We got so few goals in midfield last season. And Alexis isn't a big-time scorer, but I do think he will add more and more goals to his game, especially playing in the role that looks like it will be assigned to him as one of the advanced eights. Obviously, the highlight of his career was winning the World Cup. And it's worth remembering, he wasn't just part of the squad. He wasn't just another player in that team. He was one of their three or four best players in that World Cup. Obviously, Messi stood above everybody. But after that, you're looking at Alexis, Enzo Fernandez. And Christian Romero as the ones that really stood out. And in the final, Alexis was outstanding. And if it not for Messi just being otherworldly, Alexis might well have been man of the match from an Argentine point of view. Obviously, take out what Mbappe did because he scored a hat-trick and, you know, that is what it is. But what we saw from Alexis in the World Cup, his mentality, his ability to just fit into what was needed for from him, unlike his role at Brighton where he was, you know, kind of ball dominant and most of their build-up play went through him, 
he played from the left and he would drift central to make himself available. He would play quick one-twos, a lot of interplay, a lot of get it, give it, move, get it back and keep the ball moving without ever allowing the ball to stop, without ever allowing the defence to get settled, Alexis was one of the orchestrators in that Argentine team. And he was tremendous in that World Cup. Nobody thought Argentina were winning that World Cup, especially when they lost their opening game. And he didn't play in that game. He came on, I think, in the second game and started the third game. I think that's correct. He didn't didn't start the first game anyway. But once he got into the team, that was it. He was just in the team. There was no dropping him. He was far too important. He was playing far too well. And he created Di Maria's goal in the final. And he was just outstanding throughout. And it's really exciting that we're getting him at 24. Because as we know, our midfield group at the moment, is like Besetic, Harvey and Curtis, who are all quite young. Besetic and Harvey are very young. And then a bunch of old geezers. Now, we've lost Naby, we've lost Ox, we've lost Milner. Not that we've lost much with any of them, but they've all left, so there's bodies gone. There's minutes now available. And he will be a big help towards raising the level from that midfield. And it sounds like we've gotten an absolute bargain. 38 million plus about 7 million in add-ons. That's a great fee. That's a great, great fee. And when you think about it, it's way under market value. Way under what a player of his caliber should be going for. And Brighton obviously are known for their ability to get the most out of their assets when they sell them. It's worth remembering this wasn't a release clause. This was more of a gentleman's agreement that Alexis had with Tony Bloom. So Brighton signed him in January 2019 on a a four-and-a-half-year contract with an option for another year, a club option for another year. So he spends the first year of that four-and-a-half-year deal on loan. He goes to Argentinos Juniors for half a season, and he goes to Boca for basically half a season. And he finally joins them at the end of January 2020, at which point they trigger that an extra year in his contract because they're certain that this guy is going to be a very good player for them. He plays nine games between then and the end of the season. The following season, he plays 21 games in the league, 27 in all competitions. He's not a regular starter. He's in and out of the team, but they're developing him. They're bringing him along slowly. Graham Potter clearly has a plan, and that's fine. 21-22, he just takes a place in the team, and that's it. He's in the team. He's never coming out of it. And he was outstanding in that season. 33 games in the league, 5 goals, 36 games in all competitions. This season he kicks it up again. But at the same time, he's running into the last 18 months of his contract and it's very clear that there's other clubs starting to circle. 
So Brighton have a choice here. They can either let him run his contract to the last 12 months, which is what it would have been this summer. Now, remember, this is pre-World Cup as well. So his file hasn't really taken off the way it has since the World Cup. People aren't as aware of him. It's just Brighton fans and people that watch Brighton because you might be a hipster or whatever. Or like me, you might have lived in the area and have an affinity for the team. So people knew he was a good player, but I don't think they realized just how good he was. So when Brighton sign him to an extended contract, they're looking at a situation where in six months he's leaving. And they're probably going to get 20, 25 million for him with a year left on his contract. So it makes sense for Brighton to renew his contract, put in a higher agreement for the fee he can leave for, but not price him out of a move because he's not going to sign a deal that prices him out of a move. So while, yes, it's a great deal for us, and it seems like they've gotten a bit of a raw deal, it's actually a better deal than they would have got if they kept him under his old contract and let him enter this summer with a year left. Look at Mason Mount as an example. Chelsea would like to get 70 million for Mason Mount. But he's got a year left on his deal. So they're not going to get that type of money. And Mason Mount is an English international with an English passport, obviously. Counts as homegrown, proven in the Champions League, proven in the Premier League, playing for a high-profile team like Chelsea. Now, personally, I think Alexis is a better player than Mason Mount. I think we've gotten the better player. But but Alexis, pre-World Cup, his profile was a lot lower than Mounts. So if Chelsea are likely to get 40-45 for Mount this summer with 12 months, I think that's what they'll end up giving into. Might Maybe they get 50 because it's United and they're a stupid club. I think Alexis was going to be about 25. So all told, they've come out better off than they would have. It's been worth it for them. They couldn't have foreseen that he'd go to the World Cup and do as well as he did. They just couldn't have. Because no one could have. Because no one thought Argentina were going to win the World Cup. And no one thought he was going to play as important a role if they did have a good run. So I think everybody wins here. He gets the move he wants. He's turned down Chelsea and Manchester United. And I believe he turned down an inquiry from City to join us. Now, I thought he would have made perfect sense for City as a Gundogan replacement, because I think Gundogan is the player he's got a lot of similarities to. But I think he makes great sense for us. Whether we stick with this 3-4-3 kind of box midfield, whether we go back to the old 4-3-3, whether we want to play 4-2-3-1, whether we want to play a four-box two, a four-diamond two, or shift this 3-4-3 from a box midfield into a diamond midfield, he fits, and he fits in multiple roles in basically every shape you can think of. Like, if you want to play 4-2-3-1, 
He can play as the 10, but he can also play in the double pivot. If you want to play a diamond, he can be the 10. He can also be one of the eights. Now, I've seen some people say, oh, well, he can play as a six. Not really. Not really. The games where he played as the defensive midfielder without Caicedo next to him were a little bit rough. But the games where he had Caicedo, he was outstanding. He was. His ability to receive the ball under pressure, to always find himself just a yard of space. He, not even a yard. He doesn't even need a yard. Give him a foot and a half and he'll make something happen. He's always got his next move planned. When he receives the ball, he knows exactly where he wants it to go. He has that picture of what's around him. This, to me, is not a a sexy signing because he's not a huge name and it's not a big fee. But this is one of the most exciting signings I think we've made in a long time because he's the type of super intelligent player that makes others around him better. Sergio Busquets is probably the player most noted for doing this, but it's something Alexis does as well. If he plays a ball to a teammate who's back to man, he'll play it to the side they need to turn on. So if he plays it to to their left foot, they know, turn left shoulder, the guy's coming from the right. If he plays it to their right foot, they know, turn right shoulder, the guy's coming from the left. You'll see Thiago do it as well. It's high-level stuff. It's high-level thinking. And that's why I'm so excited with this guy. The other thing that's just brilliant is he doesn't have a track record of injury. There's no track record of injury with this guy. He hasn't been injured in all his time at Brighton. So, you know, we go from a group of midfielders that have been very very injury-prone to a group of midfielders that potentially won't be because he's first in the door. It looks like up next, Kefren Turam could be on his way. And then after that, it appears like Manu Kone and Gabri Viega will be targeted. And I can't say for certain, but I'm led to believe we do want all four that the decision has been made that we're going to rebuild the midfield properly and comprehensively this season. Now, Gabri Viega will not count as a non-homegrown player for the upcoming season because he's under the age threshold. And by the time he comes of age, Thiago's contract will have expired and he might leave at that point. Fabinho might also leave. At which point, maybe you look at bringing in one more, one last midfield piece. So you add the four we're trying to get this summer to that midfielder for next summer, plus Curtis, plus Besetic, and all of a sudden you've got a really competent midfield group, a young midfield group, a dynamic midfield group who can play in a multitude of different ways. And as with Alexis, all of the others, Viega, Turam, Kone, they can play multiple positions. Curtis can play multiple positions. Besetic, I think, is going to be able to play multiple positions. And just on him, I was thinking about this the other day. If we're looking for someone to be the Trent backup, doesn't he make more sense than anybody else that's at the club right now? He's played in defense. He 
made his bones at Celta Vigo playing as a central defender. Right back would be a doddle for him. He's decently quick. He reads the game pretty well when it's in front of him. So I think he could do the out-of-possession stuff. And then he's very comfortable on the ball. He's got a good range of passing, a good eye for a pass. He's not Trent on the ball, but maybe moving forward while we're still developing him and he's not quite ready to play a big role, maybe having him as the Trent backup makes sense. So if you have him and Trent in that hybrid role and then you have Manu Kone and Fabinho in that defensive midfield ball winner role, Viega and Turam as the right-sided eights, Alexis and Curtis as the left-sided eights, but all of those eights are interchangeable. Kone could also play as an eight if you... Can you say it again? If you wanted them to. And then... Sorry, I don't know that. I swear to God, I'm going to throw that thing out the window. That is that is doing my head in. Um, I've lost my train of thought now. Um, yeah, then you've got Thiago that you can just manage really, really carefully and not have to put extra miles on him, not have to have him play like David Batty. That's a really strong midfield group for next season. Really, really strong. For four roles, having those nine, plus the captain, who's a nothing player at this point, but will still be at the club, because unfortunately he won't be getting one of the big offers from Saudi Arabia. Um, They're not quite looking for his profile of player. They're looking for players that are just sort of out for a big payday, I suppose. Um Nothing against it. Fair play to them. If they if they can get all that money, go and get it. But he, he won't be the type of the type of player they'll be looking for. Uh Alexis in his entire career has missed four games. One game with a back injury. So I was wrong. He did miss one game with a back injury. And three with a virus. That's not bad at all. Not bad at all for a guy with 213 senior games under his belt. Anyway, we'll leave it there. Very, very excited about this signing. Do check out all the work on This Is Anfield and Liverpool.com. There are some pieces on AnfieldIndex.com worth giving a read to. There's a piece on Alexis's medical. Um, there's another piece on Alexis destined for big things. Then there's a piece on Trent um, and a piece on Kefren Turan, both from a recent uh, thing that Neil Jones did. And then there's a piece on Joel Matip. Um, Podcast-wise, there's a bunch of stuff here. There's a new Minefield, uh, one of the new Positivity pods. There is a Pro Plus with Guy and Daniel Edwards of Goal. There is a Media Matters piece with Neil Jones, Dave Davis and Neil Jones. That's where the the Neil Jones articles will come from. And then there is a piece, and then there is a new Liverbirds, Gay, Amy, Kate and Randy all together there. So make sure you give those a listen. Thank you very much. I will see you tomorrow. I'm off to throw that Alexa piece of dirt out the window. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. 
Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.